This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Okay, somebody asks you, what is your favorite piece of technology that you use? 651-641-1071. What's your answer to that question? This is the Colleen and Bradley Show, My Talk 1071. Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainer. Hey. And uh, the reason I'm asking Why is asking? the question you will ask. I'm asking because... I'm confused. Why I know. I'm going to tell you. 651-641-1071. What's your favorite piece of technology? Because I like immediately know my answer to that question. And this piece of technology is 15 years old. And it is the Kindle. Oh, yeah. I love my Kindle. Okay. For, well, in certain two places. Do you want to tell us? <laughs> what do you think I'm going to say? Like the bathroom? Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> on the bathroom? Obviously. No. On vacation? Yes. A hundred percent. Or anywhere I'm not at home. Right. And I want to read a book. Right. Or in my bed. Yes. Mm. Okay. 651-641-1071. What's your favorite piece of technology? But I mean, mine truly is my Kindle. Yeah. And no, I know for, you're an obsessive reader. It is so great because I bring it everywhere. It always fits in a purse. But what I love about it is it is to me, actually, in many ways, it's better than a book, like an actual physical book. I know a lot of people like really love the sensation of holding and opening a book and like that entire experience. And I'm not saying I'm not for it, but my Kindle is far more portable. I can have all the books in it. I can check books out of the library without leaving the comfort of the place where I'm reading. Oh, um. And honestly, like you said, Bradley, and I just told my daughter this the other day because she's like, I am having such a heart. She's reading a book. She has a Kindle, but she likes a book. Yeah. And she's like, it's hard to read at night because like I don't have like a good light. And I was like, your Kindle lights from behind. Yeah. And she was like, what? She had no idea. Oh, okay. So now I have to, I have to show her how to do that because it is like it doesn't wake up the person next to you. You can lay there and read it. It's not like so bright, but you it's I but best of all, there's nothing else on it but the books. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can like weirdly it has a web browser, but you ain't using it because it ain't going to crap. It's hard to figure out. And I think by design. Yes. Right. Because like you don't want the distraction. Right. I will say the only drawback to the Kindle that I have is I don't have like a mobile Kindle. Like it doesn't run on phone service. Oh, yeah. Mine doesn't either. And so you need a Wi-Fi and then I'll, I'll literally bring it with me on the airplane and then I'll forget that maybe that flight doesn't have Wi-Fi right. or I don't want to pay for it or whatever it is. Um, and I'll be like, oh, crap, I forgot to download. Yeah. But usually I have enough books that are already downloaded. Right. Um, so that's like a my but that's a minor thing. Yeah, that's I my first Kindle did have the capability to get online anywhere. Yeah. And then that broke. It was a 
tragic situation. And oh. I got a new one that was a, is a hand-me-down. And that one is Wi-Fi only. And it just means I have to plan ahead, yeah. which yeah. kind Thanks. of is a bummer. But it is truly my favorite piece of technology. And uh, 15 years and they've barely changed it. Is kind of a I testament. do go look every once in a while because, I, frankly, the truth is, I would like a bigger screen. Yeah. Because the older that I get, the more I enjoy less words on a page, mm-hmm. meaning I like them bigger. Yeah. And my Kindle is small enough that I'm like turning a page every five seconds. You're like, oh, there's four like. words. <laughs> okay. But again, minor things. <laughs> I love it. Uh, let's go to the phones. We've got Susan on the line. Hi, Susan. Susan, if we ask you, what is your favorite piece of technology and why? What is it? Well, first of all, I gotta say I'm gonna miss you. Oh, been to this station since Satellite Sisters were on. Oh my word, you're one of Way our back. OGs. Way oh, back. Thank you. But Susan. I cannot live without my iPad. And I get that. It's so funny though. So, what is it specifically about your iPad that you love so much? Well, because it's it's my book, it's mm-hmm. my bank, it's my schedule, it's where I get my all my emails. Um, it just, I I don't know. I'd be lost without it. I hear you. Thank you, Susan. You know, it's funny because I remember too getting a first iPad and thinking, oh, this is gonna like this is so cool. And then realizing it was just kind of like a big phone. And then I forgot about it for a while. And then my computer broke. And now I am attached at the hip with my iPad. Yeah, you use it all the time. I have I to. I will say, I uh, the iPad is, again, one of those things where it's like, I don't need an iPad. Why would I need an iPad? I've got a computer. Mm-hmm. I've got a phone. I don't need an iPad. I don't need an iPad. I don't need an iPad. I and got then, an iPad. And I'm like, I love my iPad. So what do you love about it? I mean, truly the biggest reason I use it is for watching like, like streaming services when I'm not on my couch. It is like my second screen. Yeah. Honestly. So when I'm in the kitchen, it's my audio visual device. When I go on vacation, I bring that. I don't bring my computer. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, unless I, unless for some reason I'm going to have to work, which I won't. But most of the time I just bring my iPad because it can do most everything that my computer can. Right. uh, Within reason. And um, it's just a bigger screen that I can use to watch stuff like on the airplane or, you know, remember when we used to have to carry around those dumb digital or not digital portable DVD players and everybody had those for a hot minute. And you could like rent them at the airport and then drop them at the next place. Such a hot mess. And the screens were so small. Yes. But I don't like watching things on like the air, the the airplane screen. So I just always use my iPad. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. Uh, and actually, you can't, can't you get on most airlines, yeah. like all of the things that you would get? You just go to their like yeah. website. Yeah. So easy. At least on Delta. Right. Because we love Delta. Well, and I know you can do it on Sun Country too. Oh, yeah. That's cool. Let's go to Nikki. We've got Nikki on the line. Hi, hey. Nikki. If we ask you the question, what's your favorite piece of technology? What's your answer? My favorite piece of technology is when I use my remote control is using the fast forward. So I don't have to watch the commercial. I hear that. <laughs> I love it. I hear that. Thank you, Nikki. The fast Super straight forward. forward. I just want to, yeah. Literally, fast, straightforward, fast forward. Get through them commercials. I will say the worst remote control of all time. Apple TV. Thank you. So bad. Is the new one, do we know if the new Apple TV has a different remote? It is the most sensitive remote. I if you it. literally sneeze, that thing will start moving. Oh, yeah. And changing things. It's, 
beyond frustrating. Yeah. And like you, ugh, there's two functionalities on uh, here. Oh, two things about the Apple TV remote that I would just like to tech, pile on right tech now. Gripes with Colleen and tech Bradley. Gripes. Um, the first thing is if you do the thing where you're trying to fast forward with the touchpad. Do you have the touchpad kind? Yeah. It goes, no, there's like, no way. It's, it's super sensitive. So sensitive. I think you can maybe change that. I don't even care. Second thing I hate is I had to try to explain to my brother-in-law who does not have Apple TV. We only have one in our house, um, but it's our main yeah. family room TV. My brother-in-law was uh, watching the kids while my husband and I were in Chicago. And we're trying to explain to him over the phone oh God. how to use the Apple TV remote. It should not be hard. No. I mean, always remotes are hard, but this one, it's just, it's not intuitive. Like, I'm trying to tell him how to select something. I'm like, so you, then you just push the pad. Yeah. And he's like, which pad? And I'm like, the the pad. Yeah. You guys, do you, the, my, this is my gripe with Apple. Don't always try to be so smart. Yeah. Because we're, we are dumb, but yeah. like, don't make us even dumber. But I will tell you this. This is the one thing I do like about the Apple TV when you can turn your phone into the remote. Oh, yeah. And my kids have left the room and left the TV on at full volume from wherever I can. And you just turn it I off. I just turn it off from my phone. I love it. Mm. That part. Well, keep. I do love it, too, because then I can um, when we're having people over, I can take the TV hostage and make them see my vacation photos oh. and videos because then your TV just becomes like a slideshow, you know, an overhead projector. It's the best. Yeah. Isn't that funny? Like that. Isn't that a thing that like people used to do when they came back from vacation they'd invite people over oh, to look at their photos yeah like come over have dinner and we'll yeah. show you our photos from hawaii and i a simpler time yeah now i just now we put it on social media i love and it we don't have to have those awkward nights together now we can just You're sit welcome. alone with our ipads yeah exactly <laughs> mm-hmm. isn't it nice when we come back on the colleen and bradley show oh we're you know we're gonna do something that literally, I would say a year and a half ago, we would have never thought we would be doing. And that is celebrating JoJo with a Bobo. We're going to do that after this on the Colleen and Bradley show on My Talk 1071. Uh, so, some weird has come over us uh, on the Colleen and Bradley show, My Talk 1071. Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley trainer. And we're going to celebrate somebody who a year and a half ago, if you would have said, hey, you guys, you're going to be so excited to see the transformation of this person. We would have been like, what? Jojo with a Bobo? Jojo with oh, a yes, yes. My God. What did you do? I love this I young know, woman. I know. Uh, there is hope in the world. There truly really is. And, you know, you're you're like, why are what? Or, Here's the story that uh, got me to this point from People magazine. Jojo Siwa says she's unlikely to ever speak to Candace Cameron Bure again. Now, when I first saw that headline, I was like, oh, I don't want to go back to this story. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We were talking about it last week or the week before, and then we were talking about it like months before because Candace Cameron Bure is just one of those people who like it or don't, for whatever reason, figure out your own scenario Mm -hmm. i don't care but ends up in headlines being somewhat controversial about things yeah okay Mm -hmm. now if it's not what she says it's how she says it or how she explains it i mean she's there yes 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 and she had a previous exchange with jojo siwa correct and jojo siwa it's because jojo shared something Mm -hmm. and this i'm going to speak generationally 
because I don't know any other way to do this. JoJo's from a generation where she just lives her life. Yeah. She's not thinking about all the ways in which her life is mediated to the world. That is through social media, mm-hmm. through apps, through video, through Twitter, through Instagram, all that stuff. TikTok, mm-hmm. on stage, tabloids. This girl, and when when someone in that generation or that age group, and she's 19 right now, mm-hmm. having started off in the way she did, which you and I, to your point, mm-hmm. were like, I don't feel good about this. This right. girl is under a microscope in a way that doesn't seem healthy. Right. She way too young. Yes, and she was infantilized as part of her persona in such a way that made it really difficult to understand how she was going to transition from being this infantilized teenager into somebody who could be perceived and interacted with as an adult. And gave us Miley Cyrus fears. Yes. Because that was hard for Miley to transition. To a new chapter. That's when she was riding a wrecking ball. We've (laughs) twerking with with a a foam foam finger. And we've seen this show before, and so we were very worried about JoJo. And then, you know, there has been this back and forth. You know, uh, first of all, JoJo has come out Mm -hmm. and identified her sexuality in a way that I think is probably very positive for people in her age group or younger who are dealing with the same issues, right? So she's like, she's used that visibility for good thus far yeah she did but remember i said she's sort of unmeet she doesn't really care and that generation doesn't seem to have the same hang-ups that a lot of us do about sharing things online Mm -hmm. but that has then consequently led her into conversations with people like candace cameron where she was sharing what like like a bad interaction she had with candace cameron beret didn't think anything about it candace kind of really for whatever reason Mm, jumped into that conversation in a way yeah. that made it kind of seem more negative than I think JoJo was intending. Yeah. But fine, fair. Yeah. It was all about her. It was about Thank her you. feelings about her and her feelings about what other people might think about her. Because Cameron, Cameron Candace, Candace Cameron Bure wants to be universally liked. Yeah. And that is... Well, that's a losing strategy. It is a losing strategy. Guess what? I have bad news. If that's a vibe you're going for... It's never going to happen. There's not a person in this world who's universally loved by everybody. And if you are, I would run in the I got questions. Direction. Because mm-hmm. either it's the end times mm-hmm. or it's a cult. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> but back to why I'm uh, proud of JoJo in this moment. So she started a relationship with Candace mm-hmm. that was kind of negative. Well, they caught up with her and she just had to say, because you'll remember Candace spoke out loud recently, mm-hmm. used some really divisive language or at least exclusive language, non-inclusive language Mm -hmm. about gender, sexuality. Mm -hmm. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda, whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. 
with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Stereotypes mm-hmm. and roles about marriage. Mm-hmm. She talked about traditional marriage. Yeah. And JoJo was like not here for it. Mm-hmm. And I loved that. Like, don't just sit back and let somebody exclude you from something if you've got an opinion about it. Yeah. Share it. Yes. Right? Some people may say, like, I don't want to get caught up in a fight about that. She was like, I'm just going to speak my truth. Mm-hmm. And Candace, obviously, we did the whole apology. Well, they caught up with her you again. put that in loose quotes. Uh, it was a non-apology, yeah. but, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Benefit of the doubt. They caught up with her, People Magazine did, and she said the following. As I'm getting older, I'm starting to realize, by the way, she's 19. I know, I love this. As I'm getting older, I'm starting to realize what an impact I really do get to have. I think there's a really, that's a really cool position to be in. I'm be, if, or excuse me, I am being honest and maybe being a little disruptive to somebody's life, but it's what I believe. And so to have good people stand behind you, it felt really nice. She, she's speaking about what happened after yeah. Candace made those comments and she spoke up and then people came to her defense yes. and said, you go, girl. She then goes on to say, we've not talked, her and Candace. I don't think we ever will again. That's bleeped up. You, you not liking gay marriage, do your thing. You being religious, do your thing. Of course, I would want anybody to do what they want to do. But to purposely exclude someone because of who they love, that's bleepy. Mm-hmm. She she said, but the she word. said the words and, um, you know, she goes on. But I was like, this girl is 19. She's not being unnecessarily rude. Mm-hmm. Well, she's not being rude. She's just being honest. Yeah. And I love this because for a 19 year old to sit in that place when she's going through this transitional period in her career. Yeah which has got to be very terrifying. She's clearly got a huge solid foundation underneath her. Oh, and what I, and like a, a good, a good team behind her too. Mm-hmm. That is, that is, uh, encouraging her to be her whole solid self. Yeah. And the other piece I love about it is she didn't, she did not go dirty. No. Like she did not attack the human she, of Candace Cameron Bure. Exactly, but she was still honest. She that shows don't, such don't a level of maturity. I know that I for was a nineteen-year-old. There yes. is hope in the world. We love you, JoJo. When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, we've got celebrities behaving badly. We call them Demons. after this on my talk one. I get it. This is the Colleen and Bradley show. My talk one zero seven one. Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley trainer. Hi. And uh, we've got some celebrities behaving badly. We call them bags of D presenting Lord and Lady Douchebag uh, of the day. D bags, D bags. That's what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Who's D-bags. your D bag? Harvey Weinstein. Okay. He's like a perennial D-bag. It's actually his camp, quote unquote, and specifically... Oh, he's the, got a camp? Well... I hope it's not like a summer go, camp. No, I want to make jokes. Don't okay, make don't jokes. Do it, don't no, do it. No. Uh, not, no! Not, not gonna it. Not gonna it. Bad idea! Harvey Weinstein's camp, that is the people on his side... Mm. Who are those people, one wonders, and they must be fun at parties, yeah, and by that I mean... Not fun. Stay away. Yeah. Harvey Weinstein's camp says poor box office opening for Me Too drama, she said, isn't a surprise. And Harvey would have known that. Are you oh my kidding God. me? Oh, oh my God. Serious. Another one. I mean, just keep your finger on that. Now, if you don't know what these words mean, let me just remind you or inform you that there was a film that 
essentially told the tale behind the book she said, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, it's like uh this is in theaters right now. It's like a uh it's I think it's a like a whatever. It's like a fictional, not fictional, but like No, it's it's not a documentary. It's, like it's fictional. Fi- yeah, it's like it's the account of, it's, of the New York Times. The New York Times. Story. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's a dramatization of That's the book. That's the word dramatization. She said yep. by two reporters. Mm-hmm. And it tells the tale of essentially cornering Harvey Weinstein and his mm-hmm. downfall. And I remember it just being an incredibly, uh, this was Jane Mayer and, wasn't it Jane Mayer? Did I just make that up? I don't remember. I don't remember who the authors are. Anyway, I remember reading at the time and I was transfixed by this book because it really just, that and, and Ronan, Ronan, Ronan Farrow's book. Ronan Farrow's yeah. book. Catch and Kill. Catch and Kill mm-hmm. were just fascinating tales of this just evil human being yeah, and his downfall and all people around him who uh, allowed him to continue his horrible ways. But I digress. So that movie showed about a $2.2 million box office opening, which is less than of course, the amount of money that they used to make the film had a $30 million budget. Mm -hmm. Didn't do as well as is expected in box office terms. Right. So, people connected to Harvey Weinstein. People connected to Harvey Weinstein. Again, his camp. Who are you people? And his spokesperson says, specifically, the film she said bombing isn't a surprise. Movie watchers want to be entertained, especially now. Details of the investigation, the Me Too movement, the story of Weinstein and the accusers has been told over and over again over these past five years. And it's clear there was little worth paying to see here. Harvey, the film producer and distributor, would have known and, that. Oh, so if and only... And inmate. Also, Weird that you left that off. The tale about his nefarious deeds yeah. wasn't a success. Right. And that's something Harvey would have... N- do you not see why this is so weird? That's my thing. I'm thinking when I hear you say all that, I think, are they listening to themselves? Like, do they, did they check that out and go, yeah, yeah, let's put that out there. Literally no. the survivor's tale of those affected by this duplicitous human. Yeah. We're told in this film and you're going to show up and tell people, I could have told you that. Also, you wonder if his own ego was bummed mm-hmm. that the box office bombed, right? Because you could see a, sure. a world in the egomaniacal head of someone like Harvey mm-hmm. Weinstein, criminal though it may be, where if it was a huge success, he would have alt- alternately said, well, of course it was a success. Yeah, because everybody's fascinated with by me. me. By the way, the book was written by Jody Cantor Jody and Cantor. Megan Tuohy. Megan Tuohy. Thank yeah. you. So, and and honestly, like it's funny because I my bummer is that it's in theaters. I wish I could just well, I'm sure watch this. It will be. Yeah, I'm sure. But I wish I could watch it on demand right now. And it'll probably make a lot of money when it does yes. because this is a totally it's not designed for the box office of 2022. That is not to say, and even if it was a bad movie. Yeah. I don't care what Harvey Weinstein thinks right about this. Caring, I don't care. Yes. Caring what Harvey Weinstein, the producer, thinks should be a success will get you Harvey Weinstein. Mm-hmm. So I don't want that. Mm-mm. If he thinks it's success, 
You know, it's like you can you can see and smell the people who say, well, you still got to give him credit. He was one of the most masterful Mm-mm. movie producers of all time. Mm. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. What were we left with as a result? Right. Right. And what did he do to get there? Yeah. Do, do you feel good about any of the successes he had? None. Such that it required the assault of countless women? People are amazing. People are amazing. Ew! Yes. Excuse me. Oh, you, that was like aggressive. You yeah. really like felt that one from a deep place. Uh, Balenciaga is my D-bag. Thank you oh, for asking. Okay. Why Balenciaga? Balenciaga? What's going on now? Have you seen? No, I can only imagine. Fashion? Aux they Couture. did a very, I'm going to say interesting, and it's a Minnesota interesting um, advertisement campaign for a new product of theirs. Okay. These are uh, apparently teddy bear handbags. Don't I don't understand fashion, so don't like ask me questions. Okay, it, it seems won't. weird to me. But these are teddy bear handbags. But the teddy bears are apparently dressed in bondage gear, hmm. um, what? like studded leather straps and fishnet skirts. Okay. And the campaign they did to advertise yeah. these teddy bear purses. Were adorable little children holding their sweet little bondage, bondage bears. Um, Not for the kids. No, but I don't think uh, that's a kid's experience. Yeah, I mean, this is the problem with high fashion. It's like modern art. I don't. I'm not. I don't want that. No. Or I should say, not modern art. What is like art where you look at it and you're like, I don't know what that is. That stuff. Like I don't know what you're trying to tell me right yeah, now. Yeah, I can't listen. We just, the Lindstroms. Oh, my husband personal and me. story. Mm-hmm. I am going to throw a personal story in here because we were just at, we were, and I love this, some of my oh, best friends. Okay, this is, oh, just know museums. that everything that comes after this it's is going to be a big but art. I, we went to the Chicago uh, Art Institute. Yeah. It's a beautiful museum. Fun. It's gigantic. I like old stuff. And I know you have to know Same. this about yourself. Like yeah. I like old stuff. So get me in the galleries with the old, old paintings, sure. you know, uh, just like the night Hawks is there. Like there's all kinds of like uh, famous old paintings. And then you find yourself in a hallway where it is something that I f- have no attachment to. And if I have to read the little placard to tell me what the perspective of the, artist is and I still look at it and go nah I'm not getting that I'm not interested I can't that no that's mm, what fashion is for me like when I, and I think I do, I, I get really emotional oh about gosh, it because, because I feel like art should be for the people and when art is exclusive exclusive, and it is like spoken about in a way where it's just like well you just don't understand I'm like then I'm out I'm just out I um I get that, and I agree with that, especially, like, I I once actually had, like, an art student friend or a friend who had Mm -hmm. a degree in art and has since gone on to have an actual art career or career in that industry, field, whatever. Mm -hmm. That's how I'm not. Anyway, it was very insightful because he was telling me all these things I had never thought of, and I was like, okay, so now if I had had an education in understanding what all of this means, now I'm with you. Yeah. Right? And I'm also here for, like, whimsy and, like, I just sure. sometimes I, I love artists 
ability to make you uncomfortable. I think sure. that's okay. Yes. But like, if you don't, to your point, if you feel excluded from something, then it's like, well, I don't know why I'm here. Yeah. Yeah. And that the, there is art. Now, and I'm not saying like all modern art does that to yeah. me. I'm not saying that because there were uh, at this gallery, there was like a piece of art that I was like, oh, I am in on this one. Somebody just took a collection of quotes from Kanye West from the past like five years mm. and put them like all together in such a way. And I was like, okay, that's, I can that's see a, a perspective there. There's a story. I am engaged with this. And then you turn the corner and there's a pile of Christmas lights. And I'm like, I have that in my garage. Yeah. Those I don't get. I'm not here for when this. That's like trash bags. Remember the guy with the trash bags? We're all yes. artists in that regard, well, except for that. We're not, we don't all... get millions of dollars exactly. for our bags of trash. Exactly. Or like so, a T te- an old junkie TV. That's like flickering on and off. I got one of those. Yeah. I don't understand why anybody should make money off that, but somebody other than on eBay. It's so strange. Yeah. And I that's think like part of the point is like, but you didn't. And I'm like, right. But I, okay. Anyway, <laughs> So I feel that way a little bit about fashion too, where I'm like, I fashion that is like accessible that I can understand. I'm here for this. Yeah, like when they walk down the runway with like wigs turned backwards, so they all look like a cousin it from the Adams family, <laughs> or they're wearing like you know, I don't know, yak. Yes. Uh, yak skins or so, you know what I mean? Like yeah. where it's something where it's like I don't. Nobody's you can't. That's not I, for me. I'm not who's or it's like a G string with like I don't know a toupee attached. Like what is this? And it spins around this? and it goes. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Yeah, like I th- I'm not here for this, and so I sort of feel like this with this Balenciaga. Like I I understand it's trying to make me feel a certain way, but, but I don't want to feel way? that way. This children because here's because in one of the pictures, you guys, I can't even. Oh. In one of the Balenciaga bondage bear children holding bondage bears pictures, oh, there is a poorly hidden court document about what child pornographer or child pornography what? Like in the photograph, like in their advertisement. What? And I'm like, hi, Balenciaga. Who are you? What is oh, it? Okay. Like, why are you? Are they, what are we? Somebody huh? need to check on Yeah, them? because Oof. the kids in these pictures... Don't really look like they want to be there. No, they oh. don't look like they want to be there. I'm not here for okay. that. They're like, I'm I don't not. like this no. bear. No, thanks. No. Mm. No. And so go it, home, Balenciaga. You're drunk. Yeah. Okay. And apparently, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Creepy. Yep. You get one of these too. Yeah. That's nasty. Mm-hmm. Bye. Nope. When we return on the Colleen and Bradley show, yeah. uh, we're done with art talk. Now we're on to TV talk because that's what we do Ooh. well. Yeah. And uh, we're going to tell you, we're going to do a little, here's what we're watching live. Bradley is mid-season of a very popular show uh, that is having its last season. We're going to talk about his impressions thus far after this on My Talk 107.1. Thanks, Holly. This is the Colleen and Bradley Thank show. You. My Talk 107.1, Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley trainer. And, uh, uh, you know, we do like television and there is a show that has just uh, dropped its whole entire final season. And Bradley is in the midst of it. I have not yet started it. Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say whenever we talk about TV, we do a little here's what we're watching live. You you guys watch that television show together, don't you? you? Team Cobra presents Here's Here's What We're Watching Live. Live. Mm, bop, 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 and uh, 
Yeah. What do you? What is it that you're watching? Dead to me. Dead to me. I, mean, I just. I'm just leaving the show. Oh, I'm stop, not dying. Stop. You'll <laughs> never be dead. Sorry. To me sorry. Sorry. Until okay. So you're actually dead, and I don't know, but you still have your orders. Well, so. we do have plans for that. Yeah. So. Uh, That's anywho. not changing. Anyway, uh, no. The series called Dead to yeah. Me. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. That is on Netflix has entered its third season. The third season dropped on Netflix. I think it's about 10 episodes. I think there's 30 episodes overall. This was a pandemic watch for Jamie and I, or mm-hmm. should say lockdown watch to be more apt during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, that was part of the reason that the third season was delayed. So I'm not going to give spoilers. I haven't watched the last five episodes, so please don't give me any spoilers if you know them, because I've been avoiding I, I, I'm in this phase where I love this show so much I want to read all about yeah. it, but I, can't, I have to wait till I get to the end because I don't want to know where it's going. Yeah. Because I, I just love it. Anyway, the reason I wanted to talk about it is because it's doing a couple things that I think a TV show needs to do really well in order to be a great show. And one of those things is having a phenomenal last season. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know what the finale will be, so I'll judge still that time. accordingly. But now, if you don't, do, you have watched... I've watched the first two seasons. Okay, so you're like a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, but I have not started the third yet. Holly, you have not watched it, correct? None. It's essentially, it's, you know, it's, you would call this a black comedy. Yeah. Right? Like, it is dark. The humor is just, do not expect to be sensitive going into the humor Mm -hmm. because they will pull no punches when it comes to, I mean, there's death, there's Mm -hmm. murder, Mm -hmm. there is really, there's some shocking stuff about Mm -hmm. this story. Mm -hmm. Yet... There is so much humor and there is so much love. Now, the thing I love about the last season so far is you can tell they're taking us somewhere. Yeah. And we know it's going to be the end. And so it's, I don't want to say it's self-aware, but mm-hmm. you you can feel that we're going on this journey. Right. Of the last time. Like, I am not uncomfortable about where we're going so far. I know it's going to be emotional, mm-hmm. but I think I have a sense. And that is no small feat. Like, a lot of times a show can go off the rails in the second season, yep. if not the third or however many seasons in. Well, I to me, a hallmark of a good show is that when they begin the series, they have an idea of where they want to end and they know how they're going to get there. And maybe it's going to take them a while to pull those threads because they're trying to make it last. But this one seems aware enough for a number of reasons that this they knew that the third season for a lot of reasons, was going to be the last. Yeah, which is also a big thing because most shows continue to go on and on and the plot just yes. gets weirder and stranger. Think about, even though we loved the show Righteous Gemstones, right. you're like, 
this is getting a little weird now. Where are we going? But yeah. I'm still in. Mm-hmm. I'm still in. And oh, that yeah. show's still going. But yep. but like that's also a thing, too. Like they're ending after three seasons. Yeah. Well, okay. So we've talked about Christina Applegate, mm-hmm. right? One of the main characters. Yep. And by the way, I think she's also an executive producer on this I show. I believe so. Also, uh, yeah, she's one of the executive producers. Also, Will Ferrell. I just noticed that oh, yesterday. I think oh, yeah. I've probably known that. But anyway, um, it's the main characters are Christina Applegate and well, uh, Linda Cavatappi or whatever her name is. Don't say Cavatappi. Cardellini. It's Cardellini. Cardellini. Uh, Linda Cardellini, who is just an amazing actress. Anyway, the two of them find themselves in. They're literally like Lucy and Ethel. Yes. Meets murder. Yes. Like hundred percent. Their ability to do slapstick comedy. Last night, the episode I watched had them taking mushrooms, oh, and gosh. I we we were laughing out loud. Which again, that's not always the case. But I said Christina Applegate. Yeah. The reason we kind of know this is the end, or that this was going to be the last season, other than they told us, yep. was because Christina announced that she had a multiple sclerosis diagnosis, mm-hmm. and that this really impacted as the show was was launched, the season, the last season. She was very open about it. Yeah. And how it was very hard to film. Yeah. And I still have a lot of questions about how they did this, but it's been fascinating to watch the production. You know, like we do this when we watch TV, right? Like we're watching the TV show, but we've watched enough TV shows to ask questions about like, oh, I wonder how they filmed this shot. Mm -hmm. And why is it, you know, why did they cut away at this moment? And I guarantee you there are several moments where you're like, oh, because Christina Applegate isn't able to walk much on her own and she's not able to hold herself up much on her own. And they were still able to do this entire season. And even though I can pay attention and kind of read between the lines, it's not distracting and it doesn't take away anything from the storytelling, which just again tells me that these people are true professionals at their craft. Well, and you know what? And and that is totally amazing. And I think one of the things that makes that, possible is is her own role christina applegate's own role in this show as more than just a star of it so she probably had some pull with how it was going to happen in a way that maybe is not the case on all projects for sure also she had she's like passionately um passionately wanted to finish this and so they made it possible i mean it really is kind of amazing and i can't wait to watch it for all of those reasons because you know you you can imagine that for her not being able to physically do the things that she is used to physically doing um is going to impact her so in so many ways and to be able to like finish out this thing that she has loved and do it well and that they are there to accommodate everything to make it look its best yeah is remarkable well and the thing i want to know and those of you who've already watched perhaps have done some reading we're talking about dead to me it's on netflix it's this you know dark comedy about these two women who are brought together by murder that they may or may not have committed mm-hmm. um or been a part of just death heavy yeah okay and yet there's still this incredible friendship between these two women mm-hmm. and it shows, it illustrates the power of friendship. And again, I want to know, did they write this season knowing of Christina's diagnosis? Because I don't want to give anything away, but it is, there is a similar storyline mm-hmm. this season 
that deals with what it com- what it means to come to terms with illness mm-hmm. and how to de- and how people deal with it. Interesting. And it's like rawly emotional. And you can also just feel that the cast must be having real emotions because they yeah. too seem to be going through something very similar. And so you're like, this is a lot. It's not like they just said like, oh, we, we've got to quick put this together and try to, you know, do yeah. this. It seems like they really wanted to take hold of what was going on and make it a part of the story. And tell like the actual story that is probably relatable in a yeah. hundred different ways. Absolutely. I can't wait to watch that. Thank you for sharing that perspective. When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, now we want to know what you're watching. What you watching? We're going to talk about it. 651-641-1071 after this on My Talk 1071.